Live from our nation's capital, it's the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine. Welcome to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine, reporting live at safe social distance from Washington, D.C. This week, we saw the sham of the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings on Amy Coney Barrett. And that's not me calling it a sham, although I agree. It's Senator Amy Klobuchar, who made clear that this was all just a farce. Senators asked questions. Amy Coney Barrett just did give the answers. You know, why can't we take away people's civil rights and liberties and freedom with more of a smile? That's what I was thinking as I was watching the hearings. You know, when you think about, oh, I don't know, Nazi Germany, you think about concentration camps and crystal knocked and beating up people in the streets. It's just not very pleasant to think about. That's not, of course, the way it was sold. It was sold in Germany with the beauty of the Aryan race and all these blonde-haired people uh, singing tributes to the Fuhrer and marching in the street with, with Hitler Youth. But one of the things that George Orwell taught us in 1948 in a book where he switched the two digits and called it 1984 is that you can have fascism with a smile. You can teach people to love Big Brother, love their dictator. And why do we have to be so harsh when we're taking away people's civil rights? You may think that's a harsh analogy when it comes to Amy Coney Barrett. And yet when we hear how she feels about women's right to control their own body, about gay people's right to get married, about the right to free elections, the right of the president to be held under the law, the, the right to make sure that, um, well, justices don't put their finger on the scale to favor a certain president. Well, we didn't get any answers. Amy Coney Barrett admitted that all those things were quite possible. Yeah, she might overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah, she might forcibly divorce hundreds of thousands of gay couples, millions really. Uh, maybe she would postpone our elections. Maybe she would let the president pardon himself for crimes. Maybe, maybe, maybe she's not going to tell us. Want to play guess what the jurist will say? That's the game, folks. That's how it's played these days. She's required to tell the truth under oath, so she just won't answer the questions. And that way, I guess she's very similar to Mike Pence and to Donald Trump. But she seems so nice. And oh, look at all her children. She must be a lovely mother. She probably is. She probably is. How many times did we see Amy Coney Barrett's children and hear what a good mother she was? Well, to answer that question, I want to ask you, how many children does, did Justice Antonin Scalia have? How many? Was he a good dad? What, what you guess? One, two, three? Catholic family. Four, five? Scalia had nine children. I didn't see them out trotted before the cameras. I didn't see praise for what a good dad he was. And again, he may have been a fine dad. 
But why are we talking about her children so much? Could it be because she doesn't want to talk about her jurisprudence? She doesn't want to talk about decisions she's made and will make. She won't tell us what she's going to do on the court. Look over here. She's a fine mom. You can be a, a fine mother, a fine father, and you can also at the same time vote to take away other people's rights. Indeed, one of the things, the, the main characteristics of today's Republican Party is they feel victimized if they're not allowed to persecute others. Poor Nazis. It's so hard when you're not allowed to persecute others. For example, look at the Republican idea of religious freedom. Their idea of religious freedom is not wearing a cross, keeping kosher, going to church, doing the things that religious people do, celebrating traditions. No, for them, it's a knock on their religious freedom if they're not able to force you against your will to do everything they want. They want to control your body. It doesn't matter if you're their religion. Tough. They will decide if you have a child, when you have a child. If a rapist rapes you, you're going to have to bear the rapist seed because our religion says so. And if you don't believe in our religion, tough of not allowing us to force our religion upon you is an attack on our religion. I could almost hear the Taliban out there complaining. Now, I'm doing exactly what the Republicans said the Democrats would do. They didn't do it. Maybe they're smarter than I am. They talked about how the judge would take away millions of tens of millions of Americans' health care. And indeed she will, and we will get to that. And that's probably the most important argument. But I'm gonna jump right into the Republicans' back seat. They said we're attacking her religion. Well, let me be clear. Let me be crystal clear. If you believe that your religion impels you to violate the United States Constitution, to trample people's civil rights, to take away their religious freedoms in the name of your own religious freedom, yeah, I'm going to attack you. Arguably, I'm attacking your religion. I've long argued religion should be a shield and not a sword. That the only way to guarantee that everyone has the freedom of religion is to not allow those of us to use religious beliefs to impose them on someone else. The minute you allow one person to impose their religion on someone who doesn't share it, that takes away their religious freedom. It's the only way to understand the First Amendment that says you cannot establish your religion nor prohibit the free exercise. Because the moment your free exercise establishes a religion for someone else, yeah, they ain't free, even if they do it sincerely and with a smile. I know Amy Coney Barrett sincerely and honestly and sweetly and religiously believes that I should be in jail. She thinks I'm a good person, I'm a fine person, but she believes it's perfectly fine for states to round up gay people and to put us in jail for 20 years. That's what Scalia felt. That was the Bowers v. Harvard case, 1984. 20-year penalty for gay people, for gay people who have sex. Straight people, it's fine. Even though the law, by the way, the Georgia law, said that everyone who had sex outside of marriage goes to jail for 20 years. But... It was fine, Scalia said. Amy Coney Barrett's mentor said. It was fine to just put the gay people in jail. 
We don't want to put straight people in jail. That would be wrong. So what's Amy Coney Barrett's point of view on that? Well, she says, I'm different from Anton Scalia, my boss and mentor. How am I different? I'm not going to tell you. Want to play guess? Let's guess whether gay people be rounded up, put in jail. Let's guess whether I'm going to forcibly divorce all gay people from getting married. Let's just guess whether or not I would say that transgender people don't have the same rights as, well, all those people who have the body parts that she approves of. Oh, and women? Yeah, let's just guess whether or not you'll be able to control your own body. Now, the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution says that people have a right to be secure in their persons against unreasonable searches and seizures. I've always read that to mean that the government can't go and invade your body and force you to do something with your body that you don't want to do. Unless you've committed a crime or something, then they can throw you in jail. What's Amy Coney Barrett's view? Got me. I don't know. After the break, we're going to play some snippets from Ruth Bader Ginsburg's confirmation hearing, where she forthrightly told her view about abortion. And then we're going to play the, I don't know what you want to call it, the dodges, the weaving. Like a good, smart boxer, and she's not stupid, she basically avoided answering any question on abortion, on gay rights, on guns. She did say, she's let this one slip through though. She did say that if you are an ex-felon, you've served your time and you want to vote, that's really dangerous. We shouldn't let you vote. You gotta be a virtuous person to vote. I read virtuous to be a synonym for white. After all, that's what Jim Crow laws did, right? Oh, you're not virtuous. You haven't paid your poll tax. You haven't read and memorized the Constitution and explained the rights of the details of habeas corpus. Um, we didn't allow you to have an education either. You're not virtuous enough, you can't vote. But, but Barrett makes clear that even if you're an ex-felon, you've committed crimes, you've beaten up people, you still get to have your gun. Because we all know that it's not dangerous for people with a long history of violent felonies to carry weapons of mass murder. But it'd be really dangerous to let them vote. Hey, but she seemed really nice. And she's got a beautiful family. A really, really a very pleasant young person. Will they put her on the court? We'll be right back after this. He's a Bible-quoting, Constitution-loving, flag-waving, red-blooded, liberal American. He's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. Weighing like a dark cloud over the entire confirmation hearings for Amy Coney Barrett was the fact that they shouldn't be happening in the first place. Had Republicans done what Lindsey Graham swore up and down? I would say on a stack of Bibles, but he actually did worse. He said, mark my words. You can use this tape against me. I will never violate it. And if I do allow a sitting president to put in a justice in, in his last year of a term, put it down, call me a hypocrite. I'm an evil, terrible person. Okay, he didn't say those last few words. 
But he basically said the rest. But we all know Republicans were never about principle. This is about pure power. And by the way, just so you understand the Republican principle, it has nothing to do with the president being in the last term. No, the rule is something like this. When there's a Democratic president and a Democratic Congress, justices get confirmed. When there's a, Democrat, when there's a Republican president and a Republican Congress, justices get confirmed. Justice, Senate, justices get confirmed. When there is a Republican president and a Democratic Senate, judges get confirmed. I mean, the Democratic Senate approved Reagan's justices and Bush's and Eisenhower, Nixon, you name your Republican president. Democratic Senate's approved their judges. But, but when there's a, Demo a Republican president, excuse me, when there is a Democratic president and a Republican Senate, yeah, no justices get confirmed. None. Nada. Right? Under Barack Obama, the Republican Senate refused to affirm any of his justices. Well, what about under Bill Clinton? The Republican Senate refused to confirm any of his justices. Well, let's see. Uh, before Clinton, Jimmy Carter served four years. Yep. <laughs> no justices. Well, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Harry S. Truman. Yeah. When the Republicans had the Senate, Truman got no justices. Now, the Democrats obviously approved their own president. Well, wait a minute. Surely a Republican Senate has approved a Democratic president's justice, Mark. I mean, you went down and you looked at all of them, right? Of course I did. You know I like to do things like that. So, so who was it? Roosevelt? Wilson? Well, it is true that a single Democratic president in all of American history had a Republican Senate approve his justices. And that famous Democratic president? Grover Cleveland. Remember Grover? You don't remember Grover? Oh, you're not 125 years old? Oh, well, then you may not remember Grover Cleveland. Yeah, Democratic president, Republican Senate. The only Democratic president. So what we have is kind of a one-way ratchet here. A one-way ratchet of court packing, right? The reason why Donald Trump has approved more judges in his four years than Obama has in his eight years is really quite simple. The Republicans said to Obama, oh, we're not approving your judges. But to Donald Trump, they gave a whole bunch of empty slots that, boom, they've been filling. You know, they haven't been passing many laws. They haven't done a lot of COVID relief. They haven't done really anything you care about. Immigration reform. Oh, remember that Republican health care plan that was going to protect your pre-existing conditions that's coming tomorrow. And if not tomorrow, next week. And if not weeks, next month. And if not next month, sometime in the next century. Yeah, they never put forward that either. But judges, they love judges. Boy, do they love judges. They've been putting in judges younger and younger. Who wants a judge in their 60s or their 50s or their 40s? Let's put in judges in their 30s. They've never tried a case. Don't worry about it. They've been rated unqualified. By the way, there's a certain level of judges' rankings. There's, there's very well qualified, and then there's qualified and then there's like the f minus not qualified where the bar association says this person shouldn't be a judge anywhere they shouldn't be some state district court judge 
They certainly shouldn't be a federal court judge. These people have no idea what the law is. Yeah, those people. Dozen of those. Mitch McConnell's good with his judges. That they've done. We are facing the greatest court packing right now by Republicans in the history of the United States. So, yeah, a lot of attention over Merrick Garland. But Merrick Garland was just the tip of the iceberg. The hypocrisy is just the tip of the iceberg. I remember when there were Democratic presidents and Republican Senate, and they said, now wait, you got to have a filibuster. Oh, and you got to have this blue slip. What's the blue slip? That's not in the Constitution. The blue slip that says if either one of the senator's home state, if either one of the judges, excuse me, the, the presenting nominees, home state senators, says we don't want this judge, they pull a blue slip. They can't get the, the, on the bench. There are a hundred ways to stop Democratic judges from getting on the bench while they funnel them on in. Have you heard of the Federalist Society? I remember at Yale Law School, they were starting way back then, back in the 90s, to get those conservative judges on the bench, get them young, get them solidly conservative, and make sure that they care more about forcing their views on the country than, well, the law, the Constitution. One of the things I think that galls me the most, and I use a Yiddish word here, it's the chutzpah, the audacity of these conservative judges saying, oh, we, 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 don't, we don't put our opinions on the bench. We, we just follow according to the law. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. We, 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 just, we just do what the law says. Do you now? Do you now? Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Oh, Mark, we don't follow half of that amendment. The, the founders, they were drunk on mead at the time. They didn't mean that we should have a well-regulated militia necessary to secure a free state for those keeping and bearing arms. They didn't mean that at all. They put it in there because, like I said, maybe they were high. I am proudly a textualist. I always have been. I was that way in law school. That was my nickname by my professors. Ask the textualist what he says. I believe words matter. Heck, what's the point of revering a constitution of the United States or writing any laws if the words don't matter, if judges can do whatever they want? So yes, I believe the first half of the Second Amendment matters. Of course I do. And you know what also I believe? Gonna call you, go call me crazy now. But the 14th Amendment, which says that all persons born or naturalized in the United States are citizens of the United States, I think it means that you have to be born or naturalized to be a citizen of the United States. You got to be born here. Sorry, fetuses. Sorry, sperm and egg. You haven't been born. Or you've got to be naturalized. You've got to go through the citizenship ceremony. Because that's what the Constitution says. If you don't like it, change it. And you know what the 14th Amendment doesn't mention? It doesn't mention corporations. Corporations are nowhere in the Constitution. How are corporations persons? When you say, I saw three persons the other day, did you mean corporations? I got a lot more to say. We'll be right back after this. 
He's a Fulbright scholar and he speaks French, but he couldn't tell you who won the Super Bowl. It's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Welcome back to Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. So much to talk about, so little time. You know, I feel like America is descending into the depths further and further and further every day. We have our president, patient zero, Mr. Super Spreader, going out and actively infecting his people. Um, does he, you know, he doesn't want to do mail-in voting either. Maybe he thinks they'll live just long enough to cast the ballot and then die. Uh, I don't really know. Actively fighting science. Actively working to find dirt on his political opponents that just doesn't exist. In fact, uh, his attempt to prosecute <laughs> Obama and Hillary um, just fell through quietly. Doesn't disclose his taxes. And, and then the taxes turn out that after making what he claims were hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, he paid 750 bucks on his taxes. Meanwhile, his wife is saying F, four-letter word, Christmas. Yeah. Can you imagine if a Democrat did that, what Fox would say? But you know what? There's no time for that. Because we got to push people on the Supreme Court. And this is this really nice-looking 38-year-old, very pleasant, demeanored, smart woman. And sure, sure, she's going to force women to have back alley ballots. And of course, she's going to imprison gay people. And she's not going to let you vote. And she's going to make sure that black people can't vote. And But, but she's not going to tell you whether she will or she won't. Because that would make you upset. I want you to compare Amy Coney Barrett's evasion of questions. And we're going to play a bunch of those shortly. With Ruth Bader Ginsburg's very forthright description of her feelings on a woman's right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. And there's a little bit of music in the background that's kind of a snazzy deal that somebody put together. But hey, it's deserved. This is a notorious RBG. Let's hear how she forthrightly responded when she was asked these very difficult questions. Government shall not make my decisions for me. I shall make as an individual uninhibited, uncontrolled by my government, the decisions that affect my life's course. It's her right to decide either way. Her right to decide whether or not to bear a child. This is something central to a woman's life, to her dignity. It's a decision that she must make now, this is during a confirmation hearing. This isn't some speech after she's justice. This is some confirmation hearing. Yeah, there's a Democratic president, a Democratic Senate. But she's making it clear. She believes women actually get to decide what happens with their own bodies. That's right. I want you to think about what a radical idea this is, that women get to do with their bodies what they want to do and don't believe that a bunch of old men in the government should be able to tell them what to do with their bodies. Radical, I know, particularly if you believe in the subservience of women to men. But for, I think, most of us, it seems kind of obvious. But whatever it is, whatever you're feeling on abortion, just judge then justice, 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg was very clear, very open on exactly what she believed in, where she stood. May she rest in peace. Remember, her last fervent wish, her most fervent wish, was that the next president, the one elected by the American people, choose the next Supreme Court justice. Well, let's hear from the woman who would stomp on that wish. The woman who wants to grab the seat quickly before Trump gets in office so that she can bend the election. Oh, you think that's extreme? Oh, she didn't say that? Well, she didn't deny it either. Let's, let's go through some of the things she said. Let's start with the question of abortion. I just can't just wake up one day and say, I have an agenda, I like guns, I hate guns, I like abortion, I hate abortion, and walk in like a, a royal queen and impose you know, their will on the world. You have to wait for cases and controversies, which is the language of the Constitution, to wind their way through the process. Indeed. So that's the standard line, right? Oh, boy, she's not coming in like a wandering queen. You get abortion and you can't and you're white. So you get to vote. You're black. So you don't. And you're white. You get criminal justice and you're you're transgender. So you get beaten up by police. Well, she says, I got to wait for people to bring it to me. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse pointed out she had a whole stable of people waiting to bring her cases and controversies. The Federal Society was looking for the cases. Here you go. Silver platter. Hobby Lobby doesn't want to allow gay people to shop in their stores. Fine. Another group doesn't want to allow women to have health care. <laughs> you work for the company, but you're a woman. No health care for you. Yeah, they're ready to bring these cases. Don't be so modest. Unelected, lifetime appointee who could live for another 60 years and be on the court. Don't be so modest here about your powers. And please don't pretend that you have no views. Unlike Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is very clear, her point of view on abortion, <laughs> Clarence Thomas, when asked about abortion, said, abortion? What's that? No, I have no views. I've never thought about it in my entire life. Really? Really? You're applying to be on the Supreme Court and you've never thought about a right to choose about an abortion? You know, that's weird because, I don't know, 200, 300 million Americans have a position on abortion, but you, the person who would decide, have none whatsoever? You expect us to believe that under oath, Clarence Thomas? Well, Amy Coney Barrett was not so dumb as to claim that she had no position. Her, what she said is, I'm not going to tell you my position. Senator, I completely understand why you are asking the question, but again, I can't pre-commit or say, yes, I'm going in with some agenda, because I'm not. I don't have any agenda. I have no agenda to try to overrule Casey. Um, I have an agenda to stick to the rule of law and decide cases as they come. I have no agenda. None. 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 But I'll tell you this. Some Supreme Court decisions are super precedent. Super precedent. Brown versus Board of Education. Super precedent. No one's complaining about it. I won't overturn it. Roe v. Wade? Yeah, no. Not super precedent. Yeah, I'm ready to overturn Roe v. Wade. Sorry. Voting Rights Act? Yeah, forget it. Been around for 60 years. Ended Jim Crow. But maybe we should bring Jim Crow back. People are discussing this. Yeah, no precedent there. Affordable Care Act? Tens of millions of Americans have health care. 
and have it only because of this law, which required a rare historical moment when Democrats actually had 60 votes in the Senate to overcome Republican filibuster in the few short months between electing Al Franken at the time, electing the 60th uh, senator, and before Ted Kennedy died, in that tiny window, we shoved the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, um, nah, I'm not going to talk about that. I, I will tell you, I wrote an article, which she can't deny, where she condemned the opinion of the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, conservative Republican John Roberts, for allowing the people to decide their own, through their representatives, whether or not to have health care. She condemned that opinion, considered it implausible. Okay, she has the right to her opinion, and we have the right to say that folks like her shouldn't be on the court. Personally, um, I was quite distressed by her view about whether or not gay people should be able to get married. Diane Feinstein, whom she was speaking. Oh, wait, that's, that's this one. Senator Feinstein, as I said to Senator Graham at the outset, if I were confirmed, you would be getting Justice Barrett, not Justice Scalia. So I don't think that anybody should assume that just because Justice Scalia decided a decision a certain way, that I would too. On the top. Okay, that's actually not the clip I was looking for. But I'll tell you what she said. I remember it. She said, hey, you know, um, marriage, whether or not gay people, I don't know if marriage is a fundamental right. Yeah, I love my husband. I love my seven kids. But should I allow a gay American to have the same freedoms that I, a straight American, have? Should I allow gay people to be first-class citizens? I don't know. I don't know. While I won't impose my religion on anyone, I, you know, my, my, my religion doesn't think so, and my uh, mentor didn't think so. My mentor, Scalia, think, thought we could jail gay people. What do I think? <laughs> I'm not telling you. Nice try. You almost got me to answer a question. I'm not going to tell you. You'll find out. Confirm me. And, and then if a bunch of people go to prison, well, that's my choice. But I don't have an agenda. I don't have an agenda. After the break, she's asked questions about whether or not she's going to help her mentor, Donald Trump, the guy who appointed her. The guy that said, we got to get her in place because we're not going to count the votes. We're going to send it all to the Supreme Court and make them decide. Let's talk about how she didn't respond to those questions after the break. Never confuse Mark Levine with right-winger Mark Levin. The second E stands for empathy, which the other Mark lacks. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. A friend of mine said to me as I was raging on about the hearings, he said, you know, she's going to be approved anyway. What are you so complaining about? Uh, you know, there's no hope. Republicans said they were going to approve a nominee before she was chosen. It doesn't matter who she is or what she says. This is a waste of your time. Just accept it. No, well, you had a point. The best way to fight this will not be 
Now, the best way to fight it will be for all of you to go and vote and elect a new president and then to expand the Supreme Court and other courts throughout America to undo the massive conservative court packing, unprecedented court packing. Donald Trump, in one term, his first term, is having three justices appointed. Think about that. Barack Obama got three justices in two terms. Or no, you know what? I think he only got two. I went through the list. I don't have it in front of me now, but I went back and I checked each of the judges. Uh, George W. Bush got three, I think. Ronald Reagan got three in eight years. In eight years. Jimmy Carter got zero. Bill Clinton got two. Or, or Anyway, I went back to find out what president what president actually got three justices in just his first four-year term? And I went back, and I went back, and I went back 100 years, and well, couldn't find any. I know George Washington did because he appointed the first court. But it's been a century, and it's only because of manipulation. Obama got two, yeah, Mark Romali. So Obama got two in eight years, and Donald Trump gets three in four? Doesn't make sense. Well, because Merrick Garland was supposed to be Obama's third judge. And then Donald Trump would have been lucky to get two in four years and Obama to only get three in eight, right? So they've been playing with this and we do have to expand the court. So why am I so concerned about Amy Comey Barrett? Because I don't want folks to be misled because she looks like such a nice person. So I've been going through the tea leaves after hearing and found some very interesting tea leaves. You know, when you're a constitutional lawyer, you can catch some things, like that she said that you have to be virtuous to be a voter. Virtuous. See, I thought every American citizen had the right to vote. <laughs> what do I know? I mean, I know American history. I know that we had poll taxes where you had to pay money in order to vote, and they didn't apply to white people because white people had grandfather clauses. And their grandfathers had were citizens, so they were citizens. But black people had to pay that poll tax. Now, you, you might say, well, Mark, we, we ended poll taxes in the 60s. There's a constitutional amendment, a constitutional amendment specifically banning poll taxes. Two-thirds of both houses of Congress, three-quarters of the states. That's in the Constitution. That's as good as gold. Except Florida just imposed a poll tax. And it was upheld by Trump judges. But according to Amy Coney Barrett, you're not virtuous enough. Virtuous. Are you not virtuous enough if you can't pass the literacy test? Or count how many jelly beans are in a jar? Or are too scared to get out of your car just because there's a menacing-looking white man with an AK-47 across his chest? And a protect the vote sticker? Oh, but, but to be fair... To be fair, you don't have to be virtuous to own a gun, right? Guns are rights. Voting is a privilege. Everybody, mass murder, everybody should have the right to kill and commit, you know, massive violence. Sure, mayhem is protected. I don't know how that's a well-regulated militia, but <laughs> the Supreme Court ignores the first half of the Second Amendment. So get your gun, but don't try to vote. I mean, voting rights are essential. They're closing down polling places all over. It's a battle. In Virginia, we have expanded the right to early vote. Many states have done that. 
And now Republicans are doing their best. No, don't let them vote by mail. Uh, don't let them vote without absentee witness. Uh, make sure their forms are filed in triplicate. In Pennsylvania, if you don't put the envelope with your vote in it, inside, it's sealed inside another envelope that's sealed, ah, you lose your right to vote. Well, but you don't have to pass the test to get a gun. Yeah. Because again, again, voting is dangerous. AK-47s, any child can play with those. That's what she said. You got to read between the lines. She said that criminals can get those guns, but um, criminal ex-criminals who served their time, well, they got to be virtuous in order to vote. The Republicans actually tried to give her some really easy questions. They said, hey, uh, what, what are the freedoms of the First Amendment, Right? And she said, well, there's speech and religion and press and assembly. Wait, what's the fifth? This was a question by Ben Sass. This was an easy question. She couldn't remember the fifth. The fifth freedom, dear Judge Barrett, is the freedom to petition your government for a redress of grievances, the right to protest, what the people were doing outside the White House on the day Donald Trump unleashed violence on innocent, peaceful protesters, shooting them with rubber bullets, blocking them, using tear gas, weapons of war that are banned in war because they're chemical weapons that aren't allowed in wartime. Donald Trump used them against peaceful protesters. Yeah, she couldn't remember the right to protest. That didn't come to mind. She also talked about Scalia when she first met Scalia. And he asked her about the freedom of religion. And she said, and this is, this is a quote, a really interesting quote. She said, you know, um, I had difficulty in my job interview, she said with Justice Scalia. Uh, he asked what area of court's precedent I thought needed to be better organized. And I said, well, the First Amendment and I tried to explain the complicated way to balance the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause, and, well, she couldn't figure it out. Really? Really, she couldn't figure out how to let people practice their religion freely without establishing one? I always thought that was the easiest constitutional question of all. You practice your religion, and you let me practice mine. Done. You don't let your religion control my life, I don't let my religion control your life. I want to keep kosher, let me keep kosher. I want to restrict your eating habits, I can't do that. You want to wear a cross, wear a cross. You want to force me to wear a cross against my will, you can't do that. You believe that blacks and whites shouldn't get married, you can have that belief, but you can't impose it on me if I want to marry a black person. And the same is true for same-sex marriage. Right? You don't want to marry a gay person, don't marry a gay person, but don't control my life. You don't believe a woman should have an abortion? Fine, tell the woman. I don't think you should have an abortion. But don't forcibly control her body and force her to bear a rapist's child. It's really very easy to see how to apply this. I don't know what her standard is. Uh, I guess if you're a good religion, we can impose it on people. But if you're not, we can't. It's the unanswered questions that screamed loudly in my ears.
Will you let the president pardon himself? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna, or if I did know, I'm not going to tell you. Will you intervene in an election of the American people to choose the president? Who specifically said, hey, I want you on the bench so that you can make me president again. I won't tell you. I'm not going to answer that question. She didn't answer practically any questions. But she did so with a very pleasant demeanor. Senator Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, he had a litmus test of another kind. He said, I will not vote for any justice who does not promise me, hands down, that she is going to overturn Roe v. Wade. She's going to force women to have back alley abortions. She's going to make sure that women have no control of their bodies because Josh Hawley believes that's under his control, not his wife's. Well, apparently, Amy Coney Barrett's non-answers were enough for him. He was persuaded that, yes, indeed, she would overturn Roe. So if he was persuaded, why shouldn't I? When she says she's not going to rule on the Affordable Care Act, and this is what Democrats smartly focused on, we know how she's going to rule. She said how she's going to rule. She said that it's unconstitutional. She said it in an article. She said it in black and white. She said that uh, Chief Justice Roberts shouldn't have saved it. Amy Coney Barrett says she's not some queen with an agenda. Yeah, then why are you striking down democratically elected laws that took us years to get there? Amy Coney Barrett needs to have the same modesty in her judicial reading, in her judicial rulings, that she has in her presence and her dress. She seems like a really nice person. If only she has the same respect for American civil rights as she does for being polite. This is Mark Levine signing off.